Well, good morning on this Wednesday, the 23rd of December, in this final week of Advent. It's fitting the architects of our lectionary bring us this reading from Malachi on the last day in the liturgical year before we celebrate the arrival of the Christ child. Malachi, he's writing to us from approximately 450 BC, 450 BC. This is proximate to the uh, people having been returned from captivity. Cyrus the Great, the king of Persia, the Persians defeat the Babylonians, and then we know from the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah goes to Cyrus and pleads that they be able to return and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, which he does, he does then grant. Not only does he grant them that, he gives them a letter of, uh, of endorsement to travel with so they can harvest timber out of the forests of Lebanon to rebuild those walls and doors, gates. So that happens. But the people were expecting the imminent return of the Lord because that had been the prophecy that if you go back and reestablish the temple, that God will be with you again in a very manifest way. And that hadn't happened yet. They were, so they were beginning to lose hope and they began then over the decades subsequent to their return to intermingle with the pagan cultures that surrounded them. The priests were not living in accordance with the faith and they were living in violation of the, of the teachings of the faith. The poor and those without power and, and influence in society were being greatly oppressed. And it's into this moment that Malachi is speaking to us. And he begins that third chapter that we read from today. Now I am sending my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. And isn't that true with John the Baptist? Because we have in parallel our reading from Luke where we're told of the birth of John the Baptist. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her because she was advanced in years and had been barren up to that point. And they rejoiced with her. But how do they know to give him the name John? Well, looking back in our gospel narrative, we're told this, that, that the angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah and tells him that. We're told in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. He was a good priest, unlike the priest that Malachi is speaking into. Zechariah is faithful in his duty, and he's in his rotation as the high priest to offer sacrifice in the idol, in the, in the temple, rather, when this comes. And Zechariah of the priestly division of Abijah, his wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in the eyes of God, observing all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blamelessly. <clears throat> this is the Zechariah we're told about. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. And Luke tells us in great detail, once when he was serving as priest in his divisions turned before God, according to the practice of the priestly service, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. Then when the whole assembly of the people was praying outside at the hour of the incense offering, the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled as Maddie well knows in our purposely Catholic gatherings, uh, we have been speaking for the last couple of weeks about the appearance of angels to people in the Bible, these various narratives in Scripture. And each time the authors are, are uh, very uh, quick to point out 
there's fear and trembling and the angel puts them at ease. The angel puts whoever they are visiting with at ease. And so he does so today, the angel who comes to Zechariah. Zechariah was troubled by what he saw, this angel, and fear came upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Well, who is the angel? Well, Luke tells us that. He gives us that detail in verse 19. I am Gabriel who stand before God. In, uh, in Latin, we know that name to be quise Deus, quise Deus. Who are you? Quise Deus. Uh, it's a name. Angels are named. And so, I am Gabriel who stand before God. I was sent to speak to you and to announce to you this good news. Gabriel's been very busy, hasn't he? Because he's visited with Zechariah. He visits with Mary. He visits with Joseph. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, visitation happening at this great moment in human history. You will be speechless and unable to talk because Zechariah doubted that this could happen in his advanced years, he and Elizabeth. Mary's doubt, we've spoken of that earlier, is different. Her doubt is not one of will it happen, it's more of curiosity of how will this be. But Gabriel tells Zechariah and Elizabeth that this child's name is to be John. And that is why at the time of his birth, those in, his, in Elizabeth's immediate family, friends and neighbors were assuming as would have been a norm culturally to name the child after the, after the father. And that is not the case. And Elizabeth says, no, his name will be John. They look at Zechariah, is that true? And he writes on that slate or, or whatever tablet he's writing upon, his name is John. And that is true. And then uh, re- recovering his voice, he gives us then the Benedictus, as we know it, it's prayed each day in the morning office. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David, here in Luke, so beautifully captured. And he's speaking of his son, so we can picture Zechariah holding him up, proud papa of this boy. And he says, you will go before the Lord and prepare his way. We give the people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. This is the son who will do this. John who will do this, John the Baptist. And so it is, some 30 years later, that is exactly what happens, that John then begins his public ministry of prophesying the truth of what is to come. And it's fitting on this last day of the liturgical year before the celebration of the Nativity that we're reminded as Malachi is trying to remind the people then in Jerusalem in 450 B.C., be patient, young ones, be patient, because the Lord is coming and we know this 20 centuries hence his arrival, or since his arrival, it has happened. Christ is among us. The Christ child was born. The Christ child did live. The Christ child grew into maturity and for three years, performed many, many miracles on the land. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds experienced that truth. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds saw him after his resurrection. It has happened. What was prophesied through all of time has happened. That is what we celebrate beginning tomorrow in our beautiful expression of faith, that a prophecy and a promise has been fulfilled, and the future promises will likewise be fulfilled. And what are they? That Christ will come again, and those that receive him into his heart, baptized into the faith, have that promise of eternal life before him. So as we go forward in our day today, let us just sit in the glow of that moment that what was prophesied through all of time has been fulfilled. 
Luke's testimony here of what happened with the arrival of John the Baptist, his life of ministry, his prophesying of our great Savior, and the truth of what we celebrate tomorrow evening. The arrival of the Christ child has come. He lived and he died and he rose and he lives now in all of us who celebrate this beautiful Christian faith. God bless you all.